0: You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can give me a follow on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Also follow this podcast at Locked On Cubs. All right, Cubs fans, we have now lost three games in a row to the New York Mets. Ah, uh, I'll be breaking down the game that was last night's game. The Cubs lost six to three to the Mets. Jacob deGrom started, was perfect through three, left with an injury. We'll get into all of that and more. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Locked on MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, Sully, Every day on Locked and MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked and MLB networks team of local experts. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We'll also be diving in. I, I want to really get into Jacob deGrom a little bit here. And uh, you know, I'll I'll be sharing just to end on a positive note, Cubs fans, because again, these last three games have been have been rough. I'll try to lift our spirits a little bit. I did it last week in honor of Wrigley Field reopening to 100% capacity, and I said, hey, I'm going to flirt with this being kind of a regular segment. I'll do it again. I'm going to end the podcast by sharing one of my favorite personal moments of my of a game I witnessed at Wrigley Field. So that should be fun. It's a playoff one. This one's it's a playoff game. So you might want to stay tuned for that one. All right. The Cubs did lose for the third straight night in a row to the New York Mets and it wasn't a pretty game. Now the Cubs are really the offense has been struggling. We scored 3 runs last night, 2 runs the previous 3 games in a row. Overall June has not been a good offense. Still though, in that time frame, I believe we're now 9 and 6, 9 and 7. Sorry, I had the stat right in front of me. 9 and 7 after the loss last night during this uh, rough stretch here. So it's so not bad is my point. That's like a good thing. We should be happy about that that even with struggles we still have a winning record. That that's a good thing. And I did, I've, I've warned about it as of late on the podcast. I believe I mentioned it, uh, peppered it in there over the last you know week or so that these injuries, these lingering injuries to certain players are going to start to catch up. And they are, you look at the lineup last night. I remember a lot of fans being like, this lineup's a joke right when the lineup got announced. I'm like, well, you saw Chris Bryant take a fastball off the hand off his wrist. So he's going to need a day or so to let that subside. And, you know, Javi's playing with a banged up thumb. He was back in the lineup. Contreras did not start because, you know, they had Robert Stock making his debut and they went with the catcher. They just call it from triple A because he's familiar with them. That makes sense. Can't get too mad about that. Also, Wilson Contreras is going to start every game. You can't have your catcher starting every game. You need a backup catcher. And maybe I think they kind of designed the lineup in a way where they're like, look, we're facing Jacob deGrom. It's an uphill battle anyway. If there's any of our guys who are we're going to need to be the guys like a Wilson Contreras, like a Chris Bryant, you know, we're going to need them to be 100%. We don't need them going up there trying to, you know, hit 101 mile an hour heat the other way because that could just aggravate an injury. And that's the case with KB clearly not the case with Contreras. So I think it was just a regular night off. He did pinch hit. He recorded the final out actually line drive in the center field that the center fielder made a decent play on. So that's just something to think about because again, we really do. This is another example of the importance of, of lineup diversification. You can't have a whole lineup of power hitters, a whole lineup of guys who strike out a lot. You need different bats. We had that when Matt Duffy started getting regular playing time. We saw what that did to this Cubs lineup. Then enter Nico Horner, right? Those two bats, a couple, and and paired with Anthony Rizzo, who's actually heating up now. Rizzo hit a home run yesterday. Looked like he almost took Degrom deep in the first inning. But just got under it a little bit. Went to the warning track, so which was a oh that would have been so cool if he would have hit a home run off him in the first inning. So Rizzo's a high contact guy, Nico high contact guy, Matt Duffy high contact guy, Chris Bryant's about league average, so that's fine. He gives you so much offensive production, you love that out of Chris. No qualms there. But when you have Javi, Ian Happ, Wilson Contreras, all sometimes like those three guys, you really need to have some high contact bats in between them and the with the banged up players we've got right now it's kind of making it hard to do you know i it's, it's just too many high strikeout guys jack peterson is still a little bit above average although the last few seasons his strikeout rate has been dipping um jason hayward is just not good he's not a good hitter right now he's not you know he had a really nice 2020 but that's just not happening now i talked about it on yesterday's podcast you guys go in there And re to that, I kind of took a deep dive on how the fact that they just have to come to grips with he needs to be on the bench five out of seven games until he starts to get hot again. You know, pick your spots with him. I believe they talked about that on the broadcast on Marquee Network a little bit. JD brought that up where it's like, it's not really a benching, but it's we got to get you going again. So we're going to choose when to bring you back in. Oh, you've got a nice career against this guy going for whatever team we're facing. Let's see if you could get a little spark going again. If you go three for four, we'll tell you the next game, and then we'll see what we got out of you. But right now, he's just not reliable. You can't have him and Eric Sogard in the same lineup. You just can't. And I would like to not see Eric Sogard in the lineup at all. But with Brian, you know, and it felt like he was going to go back to riding the bench Sogard because Alcantara showed up looking good, but Alcantara then was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts yesterday, and I don't know if maybe so they figured, hey, it's DeGrom, and Alcantara's been Alcantara, – look, I actually was okay with Alcantara – Sitting because think about this way: you go 0 for 4 Tuesday night, four strikeouts. Your first real bad game as a big leaguer, or with the Cubs at least. I don't know if he had a cup of coffee with the Tigers where he came up briefly. He's been great. He's been fantastic for us off um, since he's been brought up since AAA Iowa. You want to keep his confidence high, so he's 0 for 4 or four Ks. If you start him the next game against Degrom, he could very well go 0 for 4 with four more Ks, and now you have two games in a row in which this guy has not put the ball in play. What does that do for a 24-year-old's hitter's confidence? It's not a good thing. So now all of a sudden he's questioning, do I belong in the major leagues? Should I be back in Des Moines? What? Will, you know, Why have that? So I was totally for benching him there. I get it. It's unfortunate that our bench isn't deep enough right now where Eric Sogard's next in line and he has to start at second base. He had a nip bat that was comical, I believe, in the eighth inning. It's a runner at second, nobody out. At first when he was showing bunt on 2-0, which is strange, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm not I don't even, I'm not that mad at that actually because he get a runner third, the next guy makes contact, you bring home a run, fine, claw, scratch over you can, although that late in the game, outs are precious, incredibly precious. You'd hope he would just have enough stick to just pull the ball to the right side, the guy gets sort of third that way. Anyway, he, he shows bunt, it doesn't work. He does go for the swing, swings a full swing, the ball literally went Four inches in front of home plate. I kid you not. Like the Webster's dictionary would show, that as the picture of the definition of a swinging bunt. What's the definition of a swinging bunt? Let me go to page over here. Oh, it's this picture of Eric Sogard what he did against the Mets on June sixteenth. Uh, That's so. Yeah, just not a lot clicking right now, and just not a fun. It wasn't a fun game. It hasn't been a lot of fun in the last few games. And then, you know, I I have to be active on Twitter because of being a comedian and running the Lockdown Cubs podcast. And, you know, I like to stay – there's so many great Cubs fans on Twitter, especially Cubs fans who follow the Lockdown Cubs account. You guys are fantastic. But there's a lot that is just – it makes you miserable. Some of it's just very hard to deal with because you have these fans who are just like, oh, man, after we swept the Cardinals, I had this feeling of – this. I was getting 2015 vibes again. By the way, we're running the word vibes into the ground. Vibes was a word I would use every now and then over the past decade or so. I, I like the word vibes. I got it from, there was a movie about the Beach Boys. You know, they had that song, Good Vibration. He, he, one dude, what's name, Brian Wilson was saying, you know, mom always says that like dogs pick up on people's vibes. And so he started like the whole, the song, Vibes, Vibrations, you know, people. Anyway, that I, from, after watching that movie, I started being like, this dog's got good vibes. Dog recognizes your vibes. Cause I had a dog at the time. I just got a puppy. Anyway, everyone's using vibes now vibes, this vibes, that it's fine, but you're overdoing it. I had 2015 vibes, but then these last three games are giving me September, 2018 vibes. It's like, do we have to compare every stretch of games to a previous season of baseball? Is that what we're doing as fans now? Do you do that within your regular life? Oh man. After these first few presents, I was thinking this is just like Christmas, 2007, but then the next couple of presents were just stinkers. So I'm like, Christmas 2012 all over again. Like I mean that's that's an annoying. You're better than that. Yeah, if you're one of the people listening and you and you're like, "Oh, Joe's making fun of me right now." I don't I'm by the way, this is a generalized rant here I'm going on. But if if you if you fit into this category, hey, we could all be better. I could be better, right? Everyone could be better. That's when we, the Cubs I think it's just a tough stretch right now and I know it's aggravating as a fan, but we'll come out of it the other side. Okay, because right now the Brewers are losing and they're supposed to be on a cush part of the schedule. We are still tied for first place. We haven't lost any ground. And that's the positive you have to look at there. We have to stay competitive, stay within a couple games of first place through the month of June. Then we've then we'll deal with that cush part of July schedule that the Brewers just came off of. I know the Reds are playing a lot better now, but they're playing the Diamondbacks, Pirates and a couple other Rockies, a couple other bad teams in the mix. And we'll we'll get our shot at those teams too. We just have to stay around the first place, stay within striking distance until Nico Horner's back, until Duffy's back, until this team is ready to make a trade for a top-end starter. Wealthfront, everybody. Day trading is super popular right now. Everyone's talking about it, right? And it could be a lot of fun but if you really want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor, so why do it alone? Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion, that's right, $20 billion with a big old capital B, dollars of assets. And you could get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com. Locked on MLB. I really want you guys to hear me on this one because this is super important. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, i got to add that part, go to Wealthfront.com slash Locked on MLB. Go to Wealthfront.com, Locked on MLB to get started today. And the other bummer of it is this, Cubs fans. Jacob deGrom, who deserves all the praise. The guy is phenomenal. He has, uh, after the three innings he pitched, That's right, he left after the third inning. Here was his line, by the way. It's a a cartoon line. It's a video game line. He went three innings, no hits, no runs. Of course, no earned runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. He did throw 51 pitches, so they were battling a little bit, but... His fastball rides at 100 miles an hour consistently. Its average is the highest in baseball history right now in the StatCast era. I'm sure Nolan Ryan had a season in which he was averaging 100 or 102 or something like that. I really do believe that with Nolan Ryan because if Nolan Ryan was throwing 94 or 95 miles an hour as a 46-year-old in 1993, what was he doing in 1973 as a 26-year-old, right? But that's the the curious case of Jacob deGrom. I'm going to get a little conspiracy theory conspiracy theorist with you guys? Sure, I'll say it that way. I I, I question what's happening with Jacob deGrom. Um, and, you, you know, I, I don't want to be a hater. I don't want to speculate anything, really, but I'm going to. I'm going to for the sake of conversation. Because gen, I'm genuinely curious. I asked this question on Twitter, and a few people said, well, here's this article and that article. And I'm like, all right. ESPN the article I got sent, though. I'm not paying for ESPN, so I'm not. Sorry, I didn't read the whole thing. They didn't tease me enough to be like, oh, I have to find out what this is. ESPN's website, by the way, it's terrible. It's a terrible website. I can't stand it whenever I have to go to it for anything. I remember being in a NBA fantasy basketball league, and it was through ESPN, and I said, I'm not doing it. Like, no, come on. You're the 10th guy for the league. I'm like, choose Yahoo like a normal person. I mean, if you're listening and you think ESPN's fantasy sports are good, you haven't been on Yahoo's. I've been on both. I've been on CBS Sportsline. ESPN's fantasy is terrible. It's the worst. So, they had an article trying to explain and everyone's like, well, he changed his mechanics. He got more power from the leg. He did this. I'm like, I know. Well, that's what you're going to say anyway. Right? Because if the, if the, it's either that it's either some sort of mechanical thing he did to make his velocity go as high as it did. Cause if you go to fan graphs, everybody fan graph shows, there's a category where it shows your, the average fastball speed per season in 2015, when he was a 26, 27-year-old, he was throwing 94 miles per hour was his average fastball. Today, as a 32-year-old, in 2021, it's 99. And and that's really just because in the earlier it was like 97, 98. It's really been 100 over the last few games. He's been averaging 100 miles per hour. How do you go from 94 as a 26-year-old to 100 as a 32-year-old? And and look, may, maybe it is legit. Maybe Joe's just frustrated because his Cubs couldn't touch him and I'm being a hater. And, 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 and you know, but I, I do respect him. I had him on my fantasy baseball team two years ago. He was phenomenal. He's a great pitcher. But I, I can't help but be a curious mind when I see those kind of results. I can't think of another picture, pitcher. I almost said picture. I can't think of another starting pitcher who has had that much of a jump over, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's not like it went from one season to the next. It was a little gradual, but again, age 26, 94, age 32, 100. That, I don't know. I, can't, I, I, need, I need more examples. I need someone else. I need someone to be like, this guy did it. This guy did it. This guy did it. You know, I want to see. So show me, and if he's going to some sort of like, Oh, it's this new technology. If they've got their version of the pitch lab out in New York or, or like that driveline guy, Kyle B- buddy, I think his name is or Roddy or whatever. It's a weird last name. Anyhow, if, if, if he's doing something like that, and it's just some new biomechanical engineer thing where it's like, we, we lowered his release point, but then we also changed his stride. Okay. And, and he's the only person that's worked for show. I need more. I need a little bit more than that. And I know on the surface, he's 6'4", 185 pounds, and you're thinking there's no way this guy's on roids or anything like that. We also have to remind ourselves, though, in 2021, steroids aren't all, they're going to make you look like the ultimate warrior. They're not stuff that's going to make you jacked out of your face. You know, they have new designer and performance enhancing drugs that will just could make you have better stamina, make you have your muscles stretch out and leaner. You know, for all we know, this guy's rocking 3% body fat. I don't know what Jacob deGrom looks like without a t-shirt. He could have a freaking 12 pack. I don't know, but I just, I need evidence and and it, I know it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. i you were innocent deGrom, but I, I don't. I, again, I need, I'd never seen that in my life. Someone go d- that much higher in velocity, right? Like, did was there, I, I just don't, I don't, did he go to an acupuncturist? What did he do now? He's clearly a great pitcher, but I need people to slow down on a few things here. There was talks because his ERA is like, again, zero five, six. They're like, what does he have to do to beat Bob Gibson's like modern day record of lowest earned Earn run average for a pitcher a little uh, reminder baseball fans out there in 1968 Bob Gibson had a 1.12 earned run average which everyone recognizes as the modern record for ERA by a pitcher he was unreal so dominant that they lowered the mound the next season and that was just a a pitching heavy era kind of like we're in now which is why there's a lot of talk about what needs to be done to increase offense we got to get these guys stop you know lathering up the ball we got to get them to stop, you know, there's clearly some foreign substances involved, right? I don't know if they're using silly putty. I don't know what, you know what I mean? It's like enough because the game's getting a little boring. It is. And and it's hard to deny that. And I, and I love baseball. It's my favorite sport by far. I'm one of the fans that's going to be there no matter what. But I, to casual fans who, you know, a lot of us hardcore fans, we like to knock on casual fans. I don't because you need them too. If every sport just had the diehards, those these franchises would fold. Or players would be getting a lot less money. It's something you, you need casual fans as well. You do, and, and some of them are great. And again, be a fan, however you want to be a fan. Just don't be be consistent. I think that's my main message to fans out there. Be like, be consistent, or don't be this fan. Actually, I came across this, this person on Twitter. I'm not going to name their name, but they've been commenting on every Cubs like journalist who makes a comment about like the offensive struggles or how oh, we've lost three in a row now or blah blah blah. He just goes sell the team. This this was this last few weeks was a fluke. They better sell. They better trade these guys off. And that's his thing on everything. And I'm like, dude, you're one of those fans that you wrote the team off two weeks into the year. And now they started playing great again. And enough people were like, hey, look who's back. You're a Cubs fan again all of a sudden. And now that they're losing again, you couldn't wait. Because I looked. I looked. I was curious. Again, I had time. I was taking a, a strong deuce. That's pooping. I was, I was a really healthy one. And I'm like, I'm going to scroll through this guy's other replies. And during the win streak when they were killing it and, you know, when they were winning nine out of 10 games, radio silent. Then they start losing and guess who shows up again, even though, and he's got the Cubs logos, his profile picture. That's, that makes me sick. I don't understand how you're like, this is my favorite team. I love the Cubs, but all you do is tweet na- negative stuff about them. I'm not saying, don't be honest as a fan. I've been honest. I've been honest about Jason Hayward. I've been honest on the things the Cubs need to do. Right? They need another starter if they really want to go for a deep run. If, you know, I still believe they have enough talent to clinch this division um, as stands, but I don't know. I think regardless, they'll need another starting rotation arm if they're going to to win the division. I think they're the most talented team in the division. Though I know Milwaukee's starting rotation. I like better than ours currently. I'll admit that, but I think we have a better 26-man roster. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know it's a big accusation. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not – look – I'm, I don't, is DeGrom, why did DeGrom's shoulder get hurt? He left his last start after two innings, you know? I did, I brought up Bob Gibson because I, people are saying DeGrom's better than him and all that. And I don't like comparing eras because, again, it's not fair. But here's another reason not to compare eras Bob Gibson had a 1.12 earned run average and threw over 300 innings that season. Jacob DeGrom isn't going to touch 200 innings this season. So that extra 100 innings is a big difference maker, you know? And, and yeah, DeGrom said he left with shoulder tightness. You don't think these guys had shoulder tightness back in those days. They did. They pitched through it. They learned to pitch around it. They knew, Oh, like the pitchers up. Don't need to throw a hundred miles an hour to Robert stock. Yeah. The Cubs called up Robert stock. His control was a little all over the place. Um, still has got lively stuff. I think maybe the moment overtook him a little bit. That's a tough task, by the way, your first major league start. And it's against Jacob DeGrom. That's, that's a tough go of it. Uh, I definitely like him out of the bullpen for the Cubs. He gave us some innings at a time in which our rotations like banked up, you know, Adbert being out and, and Trevor Williams still and all that uh, good news. Cubs fans though. Adbert El Zalai will be back. He's making, he'll be back. I believe either this weekend or early next week, but he's coming off the IL very soon. I didn't get exact date at the time of this recording, just to give you guys a heads up there. Rock auto, everybody. Rock Auto, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain front store. So why endure the pointless task of going in there and being like, I need this part? And they're like, well, do you have the VIN number? And you're like, the what number? Yeah, it's over here on the side. You're like, all right, fine. I'll be right back. I got to go back to my car. You know, it's a whole thing to do, right? We all know the importance of maintaining your car because it could save you Thousands and thousands of dollars, right? So, rockauto.com has made it easy. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts consumers online for 20 years. So, go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts. If you could think of it, they got it and they make it very easy because they've got delivery down. Just a few clicks and it's delivered right to your door. You can't beat that. Rockauto.com, everybody. Um, re- reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. So again, go to rockauto.com, write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. Bet online, everyone. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. You guys see the highlights of the DS fight? He fought, who did he fight? I can't even remember now, but it was great. Good fight. The idea is that Diaz, he lost, but he's, he's an entertaining guy. So, before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great uh, bonuses they got going on right now and contest information. So, do not send the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on. All right, back with another uh, round of Joe Kilgallen's favorite Wrigley moments. Just a reminder, I did this on Friday's podcast in honor of the Cubs returning to 100% capacity at Wrigley Field, although a little minor note, although it was allowed to have 100% capacity, the Cubs did not reach that in any of the three games against the St. Louis Cardinals, which is a little surprising because it was perfect weather and two teams battling at the top of the division. The first place Cubs, the Cardinals were scuffling a bit at the time and we swept them. We took care of business, which was great to see, but the attendance was 35,000 Friday, 39,000 Saturday and then 35,000 again Sunday. And they were a Saturday and a Sunday evening game, only one day game. So I was a little, a little surprised by that. But then I wonder if that's almost kind of slightly a good thing because it'll kind of tell ownership, Hey, you know, maybe it's not a financially smart move to do a, an unnecessary rebuild. And I do call it unnecessary because I think the Cubs do not need to do a rebuild. I think they should extend a few of their better players and then take the savings from the players they don't resign and get better players. And we have a farm system on the rise. Pitching infrastructure is looking great. Anyway, I've gone over that a million times. So here's my one of my favorite Wrigley Field moments. And the last one, again, I encourage you guys to go back to Friday's episode last Friday, June 11th, in which I. Uh, talked about a time in which I saw Moises Lou and Sammy Sosa or Sammy Sosa should say first and Moises Lou go back to back to walk off a game against the Cincinnati Reds in 2004 phenomenal game so all right here's one of my favorite Wrigley moments of all time and this uh, up until this current era of Cubs this was special for me this is 2003 game one of the NLCS the Chicago Cubs versus the Florida Marlins the first time the Cubs were in the NLCS in like the new modern playoff format, because back in the 80s, when they went in 84 and 89, there was only two divisions. So the division winners faced off whoever won that won the World Series. And it was a best of five back then, too. Sadly, the Cubs in 84 were up 2 0 and then lost three in a row. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking stuff. And 2003, though, first time, you know, we beat the Braves best in, in five games, the best of five series to advance to face the Marlins, who were a wild card team. Who, oddly enough, I saw face the Cardinals in spring training that year. And I remember coming back from spring break, I was a senior in high school or, yeah, senior in high school. And I said to people, I go, Marlins are going to be good. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, they got Juan Pierre and Luis Castillo at the top, two fast speedsters. And then they got a Nice trio of power bats in the middle there with Pudge Rodriguez, Mike Lowell, and Derek Lee. And then Miguel Cabrera came out of nowhere toward the end of the season as a 20-year-old phenom, guy still playing Major League Baseball, won a couple MVPs, triple crown. So I got a good judge. I'm a good eye of talent. I can see talent you know, from a mile away. I'm usually pretty good. I usually can tell when a player's going to make it. And I was sad to be right about the Marlins doing well that year because, of course, they would go on to break my heart in a way that no team has ever done since. I'm not kidding. I would have nightmares. It wasn't like an Emmy where I'd wake up like freaking out or crying, but I, I would have a dream almost once a week for years. I'm not kidding you guys. Years in which the Cubs found a way to win that game and they found a way to, to go to the World Series that year. So my favorite moment was game one of the NLCS. Here's one of my favorite Wrigley moments. The Cubs are down by a score of 8-6. to six. Now Zambrano started the game and, and was rough. He had a really nice year that year and but he was rough in the playoffs and uh we were a four nothing at one point but the marlins came roaring back they go up six four at one point i think we almost tied it or maybe chipped away and then it was they go up eight six it's ninth inning Ugith urbina was the marlins closer who had a couple nice seasons and i think ended up in jail post his career or am I getting shot? Did he die? If he's dead, I'll be feel real. I didn't research this part of the story, so sorry everyone. If you have to Google, then you're like, yeah, dude, the guy's dead. What a horrible way to start my morning. So anyway, Sosa had not had a very good game up to that point, and he had swung at a couple bad pitches, and so the, the crowd it was on their feet though because Kenny Lofton was on base. He, and Mark Redzolnik ended up popping up on a what would have been ball four. So Sosa, what Sosa was about to do could have been even more magical. He's up. Again, there's still a feeling like, oh, God, he's going to strike out, you know. But someone in the crowds just started chanting Sammy. And the chant never got full. But I I kid you not, I feel a cool breeze come over, like, wash over the stadium. I got goosebumps, like, strong goosebumps. And I said to the people I was with and around me, I go, here it comes. I swear to God, I said, here it comes. The next pitch. So a little bit up, if I remember, in the zone, Sammy kind of just gets on top of it and absolutely smashes it. Like one of those, not like a high towering one. It got out into Waveland, but it was screaming out onto Waveland. And, and he knew it too. For those of you who are younger Cubs fans, Sosa had variations on the hop. I'd imagine you know what the hop is. He would do they call it the pop and the hop. He would blast it. And as the ball, like when he knew it was gone, he would kind of do this like hop out of the batter's box. Pretty cool. Because left-handed hitters always look cooler when they hit home runs. Righties don't really have something like that. Doing the hop, though, pretty awesome. I, I think I like the hop better than the bat flip. And but he, when he knew it, he did like a, a super, super hop and did like a hop hop. And uh it, it was phenomenal. Everyone around was going nuts, right? Because I went with some people I didn't really know that well. My stepmom's friend had season tickets and they knew I was a crazy Cubs fan. And they're like, do- I went with like three doctors and me, high school kid at the time. And I remember like the one guy grabbed me, like, you call it. And I'm like, I You know, we're just absolutely going berserk. The Wrigley was shaking. Everyone just feeling amazing. We lose in extra innings, though. And I still to this day think if we win that game, we sweep because we went up three games to one because we were down 1 0 and we won the next three. We should have won that game. Mike Lowell hit a home run into the basket against Mark Guthrie, who was a lefty. And Lenny Harris was in the on-deck circle. I yelled it out. And a few people around me were like, we should we should walk Mike Lowell, right? Because Lenny Harris has to bat. There's no one else on their bench. And they're not going to send up a p- the pitcher. So Lenny Harris is definitely... And, and we know Lenny Harris isn't good because the Cubs cut Lenny Harris that year. We had him on our team. This would be like if we make the playoffs this year after we cut Sogard, you know, we DFA him. Say someone picks up Sogard for whatever reason. And then there, Sogar's a pinch hitter. Well, actually, they'll pick him up because he's a good pinch hitter. That's like one thing. He's actually he's banned over 300 as a pinch hitter. And we face him in the playoffs, and we're like, oh, we see Sogar in the deck circle. We don't want to face him. No, it'd be crazy. That's what it was like. Lenny Harris was awful. Not to be confused with third-base coach Willie Harris, who made that mistake the other day. But although that's debatable. Anyway, though, I couldn't believe it. And Mike Lowell hits a home run, lands in the center field basket. Cubs lose in extra innings 9-8. to eight. And yeah, it was somber walking out of the stadium because it's like we had that game, we could have came back. Like you don't want to lose in a, in a boneheaded way like that. And that was just that was foreshadowing though, as it comes when we should have known that Dusty was going to do something to lose that series. And I've got friends who love Dusty Baker, and I'm sure he's a wonderful human being. He must be because he keeps getting managerial jobs in Major League Baseball but he did not manage a good series. And you know the same way players had bad series, he had a bad series as the manager of the Cubs. He didn't go out there and calm down Mark Pryor. He treated game seven like it was any other game by taking starters out and putting in middle relievers who most people would never use. That's the one thing I give Madden credit for. He may have overused Chapman in the 2016 run, but at least he was like, yeah, he's my best pitcher out of the bullpen. I'd I'd rather you go down with your best guy. I'd rather overuse your best guy than using your sixth or seventh best pitcher. It'd be like if David Ross was bringing in Dylan Maples in Game 7. You'd be like, what is happening? He's like the guy you bring in if you're getting blown out. What are you doing? Dusty Baker, in a calendar year, lost the 2002 World Series, the All-Star Game, and the 2003 NLCS, all within a 12-month period. Doesn't get much worse than that. But he seems to be a great guy because, again, he keeps getting hired. He's with the Astros right now. All right, Cubs fans, that's been one of my favorite Wrigley moments. I'll still never forget that feeling. There was a chill in the air that gave me goosebumps right before it happened. It was. It's like out of a movie. I loved it. And one of these days, Sammy Sosa needs to walk through the, the gates at Wrigley Field through the turnstile and wave to us all from the mound. I really believe that. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Lockdown Cubs podcast. Feel free to check out past episodes and uh, you know, write us a good review on iTunes if you have a chance. If not, no big deal. I love you regardless. You guys are the best. Check out Lockdown Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96%